episode 11 of the Bearded Carcast. Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman. We are uh, coming to you not in the car today. We're uh, coming to you from Winthrop Coliseum, getting ready for a game tonight. Winthrop taking on the Presbyterian Blue Hose. But uh, what a week it's been in the sports world. We've got a great, some great NFL stories. The Alliance of American Football kicked off last weekend to some pretty good um, pretty good results. Of course, some crazy basketball games last night. So we got a lot of ground to cover. Could be a crazy basketball game here tonight. By the time you're listening to this, you yeah. can look at the box score and see. But these are two of the five most potent three-point shooting yeah. teams in the country. So what do we think the, uh, the uh, over-under is? About 190 points? Yeah, that, exactly. I mean, the last time these teams played, there were 27 made threes between the two teams, and Presbyterian won 99-91, and maybe it'll be tempered back a little bit. But if you like high-scoring basketball, you have to think we're going to see that today. And it was really the same thing when these teams played a couple weeks ago. You you got that, that high-tempo, exciting basketball. I tell you what, and, and I know you were busy last night, but the Duke-Louisville game was oh, how about just that comeback? absolutely yeah. incredible. And Louisville is to blame to a large degree. I mean, they couldn't hold on to the ball the last six or eight minutes. They were turning it over all over the place. But for Duke to have the the gumption to be down 23 points and not lose faith, that's pretty remarkable. To me, though, Dave, the ultimate, uh, I don't know if story is the right word, but the, the, the my takeaway from this was the Zion Williamson interview where they asked him, like, you know, what did Coach K say to, to get you guys all excited? And he said, he just said, I don't coach losers. I coach winners. So you, you guys play hard enough, and I'll coach us to a win. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the night was going last night. Kentucky loses to LSU yeah. at home. Michigan loses at Penn State. And it was like, maybe this is the night we reset the deck. The, the teams that we think are really good aren't quite as good as we think. And maybe there are a dozen or 15 or 20 teams that can win the national championship. And then Duke just turns it yeah. around. They come back. Louisville's not bad. Yeah, they're not one of those Rick Pitino unbelievably talented teams, but they're a legitimate top 20 team that Duke turned around a 20-point deficit in a matter of eight minutes. And then you go back to... Duke's got the best players. That doesn't yeah. mean they're going to win because they're the same team that fell behind by 20. They're the same team that lost to Syracuse. But they're going to be tough to beat. Virginia, we saw play another good game, but yeah. not good enough against Duke on Saturday. Duke is not typically a great three-point shooting team. And in that game, they were. When Duke shoots the three like right. that, I, I think they are unbeatable. Virginia turns around and beats North Carolina on Monday. I really believe they're about... I don't know, six teams that can win the championship. I, I easily would happily take well, Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga yeah. right. against the field. Well, I think Gonzaga those are the three best teams. Too. Yeah, Killian Tilly just got hurt for a second time this year, yeah. but he probably is going to be back for the NCAA tournament. Michigan State has dealt with some significant injuries. Michigan's not playing their best ball right now. I'm beginning to wonder they whether... They lost to Penn State last night. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder whether the Big Ten has maybe the deepest conference but doesn't have that one or two teams that can, that can win it. I'm, I'm not sure. You kind of feel the same way about the Big 12. Kansas had the huge injury to Azubuke, then another injury in the last 
couple of weeks, or maybe it was a suspension. They don't look like the Kansas of old. And while I do respect Kansas State, I'm not sure that I see them as a Final right. Four sort of team. The field looks like it's narrowing. You just wonder, though, is Duke and everybody else? I think, it, I mean, right now it looks like that way, right? I mean, the way they're playing, and, but you if know, you and look, Zion's such a special player, if too. If you look at, like, Virginia, you know that they're not going to be seated anywhere near Duke. Right. And they're very, very capable. They just ran into that, that Duke team hitting threes mm-hmm. on that night. I, I think they're really good. I think Gonzaga's really good. Tennessee is kind of a wild card. Yeah. It's the opposite of the Rick Barnes teams we were used to at Texas, where he would have those blue chip recruits mm-hmm. and then kind of underachieve in the tournament. This is this is juniors and seniors kind of playing above what you would expect, but they play as a team. Right. They've really well, nobody bonded. expected this, right? I, I mean, maybe expected them to be good. I don't think they expected them to be twenty-two and good. one. They have two games one, right? against Kentucky down the stretch yep. that I think will tell a very big story. If either team were to sweep those games, that would be very, very impressive. If they split, I don't know. It's possible that the SEC is the best it's been in several seasons. LSU was really impressive last night, but it really felt like last night was an NCAA tournament type Mm -hmm. night with those big upsets and the big comeback and like I kind of feel like March Madness is finally here like those dog days are starting to recede and and you can begin to think about brackets and think about games that are are really really important it's a fun time of year well it's that time of year too where you know seniors know that this is their last go around yeah absolutely or freshmen know that this is their their last (laughs) go around speaking of basketball a very big event is coming yes. to Charlotte. Remember, yeah. it was supposed to come right. a few years ago yep. and the politics yes. of the bathroom bill yes. got in the way, and now the All-Star game is here. Is this meaningful to you as someone that lives in Charlotte? I think it's great for the city. It's a, it's an opportunity for people to see, continue to see how the city has grown. You know, when you, and you know, Dave, I mean, when I moved, well, you don't know this because you weren't here when I moved here, but... Um, you were here a little bit after that. When I moved here in 1998, you literally could roll up the sidewalks on a Friday night. There were there was like three bars on College Street that you, you could go and kind of bounce, and, and that was it. Um, and now it's you know you can I mean you live uptown now. I mean, I, I live about a 10 minute walk from the arena. Maybe we know this because we did it last year. Minutes, right? Exactly. And the guy that lives next door to me has I'm gonna guess. 1,800, 1,900 square feet, and he rented out his place for 1,200 a night. 1,200 a night? Right. Oh, my God. Well, we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if summer. you want my place wow. for the Republican convention, right. the, the bidding What's the going begins rate? At, a, at a very What's the going rate now? High, high number. I mean, but like, your, your place would be great for uh, like a small media outlet that, that has money but maybe does like podcasting or something like yeah. that because you have that roof deck. Yep, it'd be amazing. But, but, but well, no, so this is not, the tickets actually online are a little bit higher than this. But a friend of mine texted me and said that he has seen tickets for Saturday, you know, which is like the the skills and stuff. All star, the, the, the uh, dunk contest, the dunk contest, the three point contest. Twenty five hundred dollars for per ticket. Now these are lower bowl, you know, because on StubHub it looks like Saturday night you can get in for about eleven twelve hundred, yeah. and Sunday for about half that. Oh, Sunday's half that. That that's what I'm seeing. I mean, wow. I just brought it up. Five forty for Sunday, eleven fifty 
for wow. Saturday. Those are interesting prices to me. These are events that I have absolutely no interest in. These are exhibitions that don't matter, and, and, and that's not my thing. But it is interesting that the skills competition, and I think baseball's gotten this way too. The home run derby is now right. more attractive for fans than the game is. But I think because some of those events are, uh, well, not in this case, but I think with the all-star, with the baseball all-star game, I think it's cheaper to get into. Maybe. Um, plus, t- the three-point contest with Curry in his hometown of Charlotte no, that's, would be special. That is special. And, and let's be honest, too. I mean, the one thing that the all-star, the NBA all-star game has that the other other ones don't is they have limited seating. I mean, you, you can only fit. And uh, I was talking to um, one of the executives at the Hornets last night, and he, he said uh, the Spectrum Center is one of the smallest venues in the NBA. Um, it still seats like 20,000. Um, so, but it's not like, you know, the 24, 25,000 seat uh, or the 20 to 25,000 seat arenas that you're seeing. What I'm interested about this, Dave, is, is this, I don't want to say a dry run, but, you know, the, the city continues to want to hold that big event. And, you know, there was this talk of, you know, we talked about this last week on the podcast. David Tepper thinks that, um, you know, maybe he wants to put a roof on Bank of America Stadium and make it a, a place that where you could at least bid for not say they would get it, but bid for a Super Bowl, bid for a Final Four. I, I just think you need more hotel rooms. I think it is well, going look, to well, be here's a disaster the interesting thing, traffic-wise this but, week. But here's the thing that, that uh, I would counter that with. Uh, I was Charlotte Agenda did this piece today um, on a lot of the new development that's going on uptown, and I think I read like five new hotels are going in. There's new hotels going down in the Ballantyne area. I think it's catching up. Now, are we there yet? I don't well, know. And the light rail plays a big role because yeah. if you can get from a yeah, hotel right. on the light rail, well, line and now you're talking and north hotel, and south. Exactly. So, so maybe in five years. I mean, it's getting there. I right. don't know. I don't know if we're there yet. Well, and if you were to put a roof on Bank of America Stadium, that's a project that doesn't happen overnight. So right. maybe the hotels and the light rail catch up with that all in one. But what's the the interesting thing with that is Bank of America Stadium holds seventy four thousand. Jerry Richardson had said about ten years ago, eight to ten years ago, that he felt like if he were to do this, if he were to redo the stadium in current times, which would have been like eight to ten years ago, he would have maybe done sixty to sixty-five thousand. So what would be interesting is if you retrofit Bank of America Stadium, do you take some seats out to put the roofing in, or do you try to roof it on top of what what's existing? I mean, I I presume that if you're going to do a project that large, you're going to make some changes inside yeah. too, more suites and depth. I would say suites definitely, and you would see some sort of field-level suite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's where the big money is. As yeah. much as they want your 100 bucks for sitting in Section 128 or 324, right. like, like they're making the big money when you can have that right. hospitality. Right, and, and, and that's what I think what's interesting about if you switch up, like, what the White Sox did when they redid um, Guaranteed Rate Field is they actually did take out some seats to put kind of that overhang. And I think, did the Dolphins do something? Did they take seats out too? Yeah. Because they almost had to cut through that cantilever roof that they did. Yep. with Mike Pacheco. Thanks for joining us. Become a part of the program. Send us an email, beardforcardcast at outlook.com. And feel free to subscribe. Cost you nothing. That would be fantastic. Yeah. We would love if you would give us a positive review. Hey, give us a negative review. Just We give just us, want to know that you're just, out there. Just let us know you, you're one of the 30 people listening. So, 
seats are an issue in the NFL in terms of their expensive and the suites and so forth and yeah. so on. There appeared to be a lot of seats available for the Alliance of American Football last week. So I watched the uh, Sunday night game because uh, my friend Charles Arbuckle is well uh, Sunday night football. Yeah, Sunday night football. He's the the tight end for uh, uh, tight ends coach for Arizona. I thought their tight ends were tremendous. They were great. In fact, they scored the first uh, touchdown in Hot Shots history. But what's, what's interesting, though... Um, that Hot Shots just rolls off the tongue. It does. It does. It's a nice logo. It kind of looks like the Chicago Fire. I think the teams are pretty well imaged. I don't like the uniforms, but that's just... that's just. I'm not, a, I'm not an 18 to 35 um, person. What I thought was interesting, it reminded me, and I, a small sample size of one game. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to watch any of the other games. It looked to me like a fourth preseason exhibition game. You texted me that. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Oh, it totally a four, did. A totally ex- did. Maybe from the level of play, but not from the effort. I feel like the fourth exhibition game, you get disinterest by the second half. I, I thought the players were very engaged. Yeah, okay, I, I'll, I'll grant you that, but I think from a talent level, it was a fourth preseason game. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but wouldn't that have to be the case? I mean, it's a minor league Football. Well, I was surprised the that there were some guys that actually had like eight years experience in the league. I thought it was going to be really more like guys just maybe one, two, three it's years. It's a smorgasbord. Yeah. But, but the fourth exhibition game, and I know the NFL, if you're a season tick older, makes you buy those tickets. Right, right. But the TV ratings to that are really, really good, even though the game isn't played at a tremendously high level and isn't meaningful in any way. If they can get a piece of that pie playing minor league football, they're a winner. Well, and I, I think their approach is better than what the USFL did in the World League of American Football. I mean, I think they kind of, in some respects, envision themselves as rivaling the NFL. And they're not. The the, the American uh, fo- the Alliance of American Football is saying, no, we're a complement. We're added value. We're, we're here for people who just want to keep watching football. And I don't think the comparison of, well, the games beat the the regular season NBA games. It's not no, apples no, no. to apples. And it's the first week it's, of the league. Right. It's the people, first week. People right. are interested There's in a seeing tune-in something factor. new. Absolutely. I mean, the XFL had, I think, triple the... Exactly. But there were some interesting elements. We just lost our studio audience. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Dead weight. Um, <laughs> the, there were some interesting elements. The game was played faster. Yeah. It was not three and a half or four hours of football. No, I did love the timeouts. That, Me too. Or, the, or, or not timeout, but when they would take commercial it was breaks. And and I think, well, and of course, you know, now that you have t- the, the new TVs, uh, and I actually went out and got a 4K TV over the weekend. Congratulations! Yeah, so I'm now into the in the new century. But it was really cool because you had, and it, it really fit well. I mean, you had the this the look on the left that had what's going on in the field, kind of a wider view, and then you had the commercial going on, on the right. And they're only like they only have 60 second breaks, and they don't take TV timeouts. I mean, it's stoppages in play. And how good were the reviews where they were transparent, and you could hear the person in the booth going, "Okay, okay, I'm looking to see yeah. if there's possession. I I, I need another angle." I still don't see possession. I think we're going to have to stick yeah. with the call. And, like, in one instance, you even saw a person change the call, but you kind of see where their head is and you see what angles they're watching. I mean, that seems to me something that the NFL can use immediately. I like the idea of getting rid of the PAT. Absolutely. I think going for two was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot of the things they did. A lot of the innovation was good. Right, and those are the type of things. that That's the three-point shot from now the, the ABA. O- now, the only thing I wish they had done is I wish they had stolen from the XFL and had nicknames on the back, like He Hate Me. 
I, I think there's, I'm just kidding. I think there's a lot there. No, I, there I, is. I, and I don't know if that league's going to succeed or the new XFL is going to succeed. I think there's room for a league, but I think the innovation that the standard bearers are afraid to try, a new league has nothing to lose. They can try those things, and then the NFL can kind of take from the best of that. But they have to try something different because there's no. what, what other reason is there to watch? Well, the reason to watch is people like watching football. No, I understand that. I would, but would you rather watch – we talked about this last week before we saw the games. Now that you've watched the game, I would rather watch that than a Mac football game on a Tuesday night. I think the, high, the quality of play is higher. The game is quicker. The game is smarter. I, I, but I that's enjoy a, but, it more. But, but you're not, that's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, though, because you're talking about profe- – these guys are still professionals. Right, but, so, but to, to the talent levels, it's a different – You're right. You're right, but they're vying for the same audience. To me, I'd rather watch a college basketball game than a G League game. The G League players are better. I would rather watch an alliance game than a quote-unquote meaningless college football game. Now, part of that goes back to what you and I have talked about a million times, that in college basketball, when Lipscomb plays Liberty tonight, one of those teams is very likely to end up in the NCAA tournament Mm -hmm. and have a chance to be that UMBC and make a run, whereas when Akron plays Toledo on a Tuesday night, the best they can do is the Papa John's ball anyway. Yeah, I I, I understand your point, and it makes sense, but to me it's not... It's not the same bucket, you know. To me, the bucket is football, football versus basketball, basketball, um, or and seasonal too. But well, I, I think, but I think that's where you just hit it on the head because the alliance is going to be competing against other things going on this time of year in the spring on the weekend. So, what are those things, and what are their chances of success? I think they're going to be very successful because outside of you know, the Power Five basketball, I mean, I think there is an opportunity. Now, it probably hurts, you know, schools like the Big South Conference and and up until maybe the Colonial, unless you're a fan base of that school, right? Um, College we, basketball doesn't have the broad interest that the NFL does or that college football does. I think the average fan, not me, the average fan says a professional football game or a college basketball game without Zion Williamson, yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and watch the football game. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I want to see what the next three weeks happen for them because they had the good opening weekend. Are they able to sustain it, or is it just a gimmick? I think, I think, I think it might have some legs. I'm really interested to see what happens in six weeks when they're competing against the NCAA tournament. Well, that'll be huge, no doubt about that. I, I think that could be a struggle. Yeah. If they can compete against the NCAA tournament, that would be a very, very strong sign going forward. Yes. Welcome back to the Bearded Carcast. Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman, episode 11. Uh, uh, you know, some good talk about the NBA and the American. Alliance or the Alliance of American Football. I'm going to screw that up. Uh, but how about uh, you know baseball has some interesting stories. Uh, was it Ken Rosenthal? Um, who was it that uh, put out? Might have been I forget who it was, but they put out a list of available free agents, and it was a pretty good team. Well, the Bryce Harper Manning Machado team is yeah. naturally going to be a good yeah. team. I mean, that's you know two of the best players in baseball are still available, and. 
it seems very unclear. It doesn't seem like, oh, yeah, well, eventually he's going to sign with Team X. It, it really seems like it's it's up in the air. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the, I think we might have talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think the White Sox might be in the driver's seat if you look at the uh, J.D. Martinez model. You know, they, they'd they kind of given him that offer, I think, in January. He didn't sign until just before spring training, or at least. Right, but the J.D. Martinez, part of that was, you know, I might not be getting everything I want, but I'll go to a team that can win the World Series. That's the weird thing to me about Bryce Harper with the White Sox or Machado with the White Sox or Harper with the Giants. Th- yeah. Those aren't teams that are contending right, right now. Well, I think they anticipated, you know, the Yankees or the Dodgers to put up some, some big money. and Maybe not in Machado's case because I think there was a, maybe a sour taste in the mouth from the from the World Series a little bit. I mean, the, I mean the, he was essentially supposedly a the selling point for the Giants is they'll offer him big money for a shorter-term contract. If I'm yeah. Bryce Harper, I'm going back to the Nationals and saying, hey, I know I'm not getting the 10 years of what I want, but here's what the Giants offered me for four. Is that something you're interested in? Because they signed Patrick Corbin. They still have Max Scherzer. They've still got Steven Strasburg. If he were to ink a smaller-term contract there, they're right back to yeah. being one of the best teams in baseball. And how about Kyle Murray kind of eschewing the A's in, in picking football? Is this – you know, I've seen different opinions of how good a baseball player Kyle Murray well, And how good a football and player he is. Uh, you know, some people uh, – Greg Cosell put out a scouting report on him. Uh, I think it was yesterday. It was it was interesting. You know, I mean, look, he's he's a smaller guy, but he's good arm, really good arm. Um, you know, he's probably more of a traditional, uh, even though he's mobile, but he's not like, you know, he's not a run first guy. I think he owes about, I don't know, 20% of his contract to Baker Mayfield. Mm. If it hadn't been for a smaller quarterback from the same school that had a great rookie year, I think all we would hear about is he's 5'9". It's hard to come from that system and immediately go to the NFL. But Baker Mayfield did exactly that and was very, very successful. So now why can't Kyler Murray do the same thing? I think he's up against a lot. His size and his style isn't that prototypical football, traditional drop back passer style but maybe we've reached a point where athleticism is more important or as important as a little piece of accuracy and maybe that is the new mold but I still feel like it's going to be hard for someone to use a top 10 pick on a guy that's 5'9". Right and that was the issue with Doug Flutie way back in the day you know because in the NFL you know, at Oklahoma, I think they would shift their cover, you know, their line a little bit. I mean, it was more of a fluid situation. I mean, Brock Osweiler was taken a round and a half before Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, Russell Wilson has worked out, but still, like, there were a lot of teams and a lot of executives that weren't sold on him. And if it wasn't for Baker Mayfield, I think you'd be hearing a lot of <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I mean, what do you make of the Baltimore Ravens? They are now going to turn it over to Lamar Jackson yeah. with the trade of Joe Flacco to Denver. And that's going to be really eye-opening, right? Because the Broncos, that's what they need. They need a quarterback. I mean, I saw our friend Jeff Schwartz put something on social media today and said, so what's the game plan for Baltimore? Because... 
he doesn't think what they did last year is sustainable, and he wondered whether they were going to use a first-round draft pick on a quarterback. Hello, Jeff. Welcome back to Planet Earth. Like, <laughs> it may work, and it may not work, right, right. but they're running with Lamar Jackson. Right. And yeah, John Harbaugh's creative, and they're going to change a lot of what they do, and he's going to have a full offseason, but like, that's the game plan. It's Lamar Jackson's our guy, and we're going to see going forward whether we can win a Super Bowl with well, him. Well, and you offload a big contract. Uh, you have a rookie quarterback. Well, you have a, a quarterback in his rookie contract. So the resources you get from the Broncos, plus you'll have some money to free up. It's a brilliant. I mean, it's smart. It was clear. I mean, you that knew the that Ravens was going to happen. They were weren't moving keep, on yeah. for Joe right. Flacco. Right. I am surprised they were able to get anything of value for him. And the Broncos thing, I don't get it at all. Well, what what is the plan? But well, well, I I think you the plan is they don't a, have a plan because they they keep running quarterbacks in there. But you you keep running quarterbacks with low ceilings. Right, right. Like it's one thing if you invest in Kirk Cousins and you go maybe we're overpaying this guy, but we think he could be you know a top five or a top ten guy and really elevate or change our offense. I Joe Flacco is at best what, the the 18th best quarterback or the 16th best quarterback? I'm not talking about five or ten years ago. I'm right, talking right, about right, right. right now. Yeah, wasn't he an elite quarterback at one time? <laughs> In a best-case scenario right now, he's average, maybe slightly above average, even though I think that's a stretch. Yeah. So, like, what what's the plan? Didn't they just get rid of average or slightly below average to, to get average or slightly above, and they're going to pay him a lot of money? Like, it'd be one thing if you're like, maybe are they going to use him as a bridge? Are they going to draft Kyler Murray, sit him for a year, let him play behind Joe Flacco? Because this clearly isn't the, we're going to tank for Tua right, right, or right, tank for right. Trevor Lawrence, because at that point, why not just continue to play Case Keenum, what, right. why do you trade for Joe Flacco? Right, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose, lose with that guy. Don't don't bring in a Joe Flacco. Oh, don't give right. up a fourth round draft well, pick and take the salary. Well, on. there's probably that mentality that they you know they still think they can they can win you know with the pieces. They, maybe they feel like they just need a game manager like a Joe Flacco to come in and because Joe Flacco, I mean, even I would take Joe Flacco over Case Keenum. How many players? So would I. How many players in the Broncos can you name besides Lavar Miller? Right, but like, like, you should be able to know six or eight or ten good players if right. they were contending to win the right. Super Bowl. They're not. Right. They're not. Right. Yeah. I, They're not a contender. I'm with you. We're, we're, and they we're just brought in a quarterback that is not going to help them contend. Well, they and he's old. I know. I'm with you. John Elway looks a lot like Michael Jordan right now. <laughs> He's looking a lot like a really, really good player and a really, really bad executive. That may be. That may be the case with John Elway. And, you know, had that Super Bowl win, but, you know, you had a great defense. Peyton Manning with, you know, basically a third of an arm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they made it work. They made it work. I, I don't – I like, I just don't really see – maybe I, – I guess if you draft the quarterback this year – and you're using Flacco as the bridge guy. I don't know why you give up a fourth rounder to do that. I don't know why you take on the salary to do that. But maybe you think he's a solid veteran that can teach and kind of work as an ambassador. But, like, this doesn't help you 
get the quarterback of the future right. later unless you're going to try to get him right now. What well, what about all the the Cliff Kingsbury stuff? Cliff Kingsbury said at the beginning of the year, and obviously he didn't know he was going to be coaching the Arizona Cardinals, but <laughs> he said he would make Kyler Murray the number one pick, yeah. and now the Arizona Cardinals have the number one pick. Is that possible? It's possible. Is it? I mean, is likely? Is it likely? They drafted a first round quarterback I know. last year. Well, isn't one of the rumors I I read was um, aren't they shopping Josh Rosen? I I don't know. You know. Um, because obviously, well, well, you were the one that wanted to draft two quarterbacks last year in the first round. Yeah, well, I wasn't as smart as John Dorsey and <laughs> able to pick the guy that was good. Because right. if he didn't pick Baker Mayfield, you would be glad to have Sam Darnold yeah. and to have yeah. Lamar Jackson. Right. Because you don't know if either of right. those guys is going to be good enough. It is kind of interesting, though, right? Uh, speaking of John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns, I mean, the Kareem Hunt signing is... Uh, very interesting. It's not surprising. I mean, I think if you take out the politics of it. Well, and he had a previous relationship with Crema because he drafted him originally. Right. If you take out the politics. Right. And by it, politics, you mean why is Kaepernick sitting in? in no, I, I mean the atrocious, ugly, awful, off-field incident. Right. I mean, we've all seen the video. Right. It's heinous. Oh, yeah. It's right. disgusting. Yes. It's gross. Right. Guys like that probably shouldn't be playing in the league, period. But that's not the society. We have second chances. We have third chances. We have eight chances. Think, but I think I'm not against, by any means, second chances. I mean, I think we all in our lives have had a, a second chance. But I think the difference is I don't know that he's owed a second chance. Like, what has he done to deserve or what has he done to earn a second chance. That, that's my thing. Like, what, what, what are he was signed because he's really good yeah, he's really at good. running with right. a football, right? And he's young, yeah. And it's so backwards. Right. Well, and he'll and they can. I mean, they'll get him at a discount because he's kind of damaged goods. I mean, the, the the system though. The Chiefs had to dump him because right. it was a PR disaster. Right. But six months later, all of the blowback and all of the discussion has already happened. The Super Bowl is over, yeah. and now it's a one-day news cycle. Oh, ha, 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 they picked this guy up. Oh, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And by the time we get to camp next year, it's going to be like, well, he's suspended for eight games. Boy, he could be a difference maker the yeah. second half of the season. You're right. going to pick him in your fantasy team? I mean, like, like that's how quick the news cycle comes and goes. The funny thing is if you— No, I will not draft him. In my, I don't care how good he is. Do you win often? Uh, what did I finish? I finished— I finished top four last I made the playoffs, finished fourth last year. I have no morals clause when it comes to fantasy sports, but in terms of running your organization. No, but I don't want I, – I generally don't care who's on my team, but if, if some guy has the question, well, I don't want him. I don't want him. So no Reuben Foster for you either? Nope. But well, we don't we don't draft defensive players. But but like that we used to, but we don't anymore. That's the that's the crazy thing though. The team that picks up that guy makes their team oh, yeah. better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you take a I, little I, bit of heat, and you right. make your football team better, whereas the team that released them were under such heavy pressure right, to right. get rid of them. Yeah. I think people that draft uh, him should hear it from people. <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't you think I'm just that the NFL it. needs to make a rule of some sort that when a guy is cut or released for um, 
Uh, off-field incidents? Yeah, off-field incidents that it be a year before anyone can pick them up or there has to be an NFL investigation conducted and everyone has the results of it before they can pick it up. That would make that would make sense. And I mean, because right now the system just benefits the rogue. Right, right. I, is that the best way yeah. to go about it? I'm surprised the Raiders didn't pick them up. <laughs> they don't even have a city to play in. <laughs> they don't even have, yeah, they don't have a city. They don't have, they don't have an arena. What do you think they end up this year? Well, they call Rock Kill Football City USA. <laughs> play District 3? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to end up playing in Oakland yeah. because they don't have anywhere else to play. They have nowhere play. to go, yeah. Nowhere else to go. I think that's going to do it for us. we got a game to get ready for. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And get involved. Uh, send us a, you know, a message, an email, a text, a tweet. Uh, you can email us, beardedcarcast at outlook.com, and you can also get a hold of us on Twitter at beardedcarcast.